LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every single week. Scott, what's new in your world? Not much. It's just Groundhog Day at my house. Derek, I wanted to get I wanted to get vulnerable with you for a second. Who oh, who good. do you think has been the most um, the most impactful leader in your sort of Christian life? Have you got like a, can you name a person or name someone? Oh, impactful leader, someone who's led me. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Have you got like a spiritual father? Uh, no, I don't think I've got a spiritual father. No. But look, I can, I'm happy to name people who've, who've really uh, impacted me. Well, the person who uh, very uh, persistently and graciously kept inviting me to stuff was a guy I grew up with, uh, one of my best friends, Mark Smith, who we grew up with. He, he invited me to stuff where I became a Christian. Carl Maddai uh, discipled me when I was uh, young. He turned up at 6 o'clock in the morning uh, at my house every single week, and we ate as many wheat picks as we could, and we read through different books, Colossians, <laughs> Postcard to Palestine, um, there's guys like Graham Jolliffe as well who just invested in me generously over time. There's lots of people over the years um, who, yeah. So I feel like naming three doesn't do justice to everyone. Who interesting. Can I? Interesting reflection though. They're all like they all sound like they that was when you were younger. You know. I mean, I know you still eat your Weetabix, but yeah. Um, yeah. But like now, as an uh, you know, as a as an older bloke, yeah. Who's spending time with you now? You know, and who who would you say is impactful now? Oh, obviously you. Is that what you're fishing for, Scott? No, yeah. I'm not fishing for an answer. <laughs> nah, not... yes, yeah, all you, Scott. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, no. Oh, well, look, I'd say our Stuart is, um, he doesn't listen to this anyway. He won't hear it. It's fine. But <laughs> he, he is just a gracious, godly guy. He reads me up, checks how I'm going. He says the hard things. He encourages me. Yeah, I, so uh, there must be some reason you ask this question, Scott, which we're going to find out in the reason. <laughs> In a second. <laughs> We're going to find out the reason in just a second. But before we get there, the one thing is brought to you thanks to Reach Australia. Uh, we want to see th- thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches across Australia. Over the past 10 years, uh, through Geneva Push, there's been 100 churches we partnered with across Australia. Uh, we want to see 200 more by 2030. Big vision. Uh, we want to see thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches across Australia through investing in leaders, 500 plus by 2030 as well. Uh, so that is the vision. And so let me invite you, if you're hearing that for the first time, pray for us that that would be, uh, be the case, that God will bring that about. But right now, we, you have pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Better Leadership Development in Your Church. Uh, so just let me introduce uh, Tom Patterson. Tom's uh, part of the Reach Australia team. He's our resources manager. He's also the executive producer of The One Thing podcast as well. Tom's been working with loads of churches, uh, helping them, helping onboard them to uh, Ministry Grid, uh, and also uh, helping us drive our building leaders' uh, training day. Uh, so, Tom, what's the problem that you often see with training in churches? <laughs> well, I feel like I definitely need to push back, you know, as an Australian, on the idea of being the executive producer. Let's just well, I was say kind of, I didn't want to say that you're the executive producer, the producer, you're the sound recordist. Uh, you're the person who puts together the titles. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades at this point. But if we get stuck into this podcast, particularly talking about leadership 
development. So I think your question was, you know, what are some of the pitfalls? Uh, I like to tell a story about a fictional church member called Susie. So imagine that Susie is a really helpful team member. She's got great intentions and you ask her to become a team leader. So the normal process for developing Susie as a team leader in a church, realistically, is that you firstly ask her to be a team leader, presuming that she says yes, you might even tell the team that you've made her a team leader, you appoint her to the position, and then other more important stuff comes up in church, a new crisis emerges, and so realistically, you probably just abandon her and hope that it goes well. That's what actually often happens in church leadership development. So uh, we need to be careful to actually have an intentional plan for going a little bit further. So as well, part of the problem for people is theological. Like that is sitting underneath this as well. And so we need to be convinced that uh, building leaders within that church and investing in them um, is part of the role of those who lead churches and lead ministries. And if we aren't convinced theologically, that will trickle down, no doubt. So sometimes there are practical things that we need to address in order to help us build skills around leadership development. That's true. Nearly always in my experience as well for me and other people. But the driver, the motive behind that has to be we need to be convinced um, that in order to love and disciple not only the people in front of us, but the people who haven't joined us yet, the people we're trying to reach, we need to invest in and build up leaders do we have a theological conviction about that or not if we don't it won't happen or it'll just be pushed to the side so that this thing part of it is a theological thing are we convinced theologically that this needs to happen within our church so much though of this tom is is very practical can you push into some of the practical problems in church life yeah, and the theological and the practical are always going to be tied together, aren't they? Our, our ministry of philosophy plays out in the realities of church life. So, you know, if we are deeply convinced that the staff are actually meant to be the ones who do everything in church life, then we're pr- quickly going to end up with a two-tiered system practically on the ground. So, you know, the staff are going to be the ones who do everything, and if something is beyond their capacity for doing it, Uh, it's probably just going to get dropped if it's outside of their bandwidth. And you see that manifested uh, when we get highly highly motivated uh, church members like apprentices or trainees, and they even want to come out uh, midweek and help out. And what they often get given in that two-tiered system is small bitsy tasks that are pretty uninspiring for anyone. They don't call people into ministry like that. Uh, They're pretty demotivating. And really what they should be given is outcomes to drive towards, responsibilities to share. And so one of the big things that uh, motivates me as we talk about ministry grid and think about building leaders is helping staff to hand over meaningful responsibilities. Tom, you've seen a number of false starts to developing leaders. Um, What are some of those that you've seen? Yeah, so Derek and I have been talking about these three ways that churches get tripped up. And I reckon the first one, maybe I'll throw to Derek in a second, um, is about just having a training night and thinking all of our problems are now solved because we had a training night on a Thursday. Uh, We've been employing the principle of flipping the classroom when we talk about ministry grids. So rather than just getting everyone to show up and watch that sage on the stage, Uh, We're trying to be more like a guide on the side. And when you've pre-assigned some ministry grid training to people and then actually tracked whether they've done it or not before you come to the 
the meeting on the Thursday night, now you've got a recipe for actually upgrading your leadership development. But Derek, do you want to give the second? Yeah, absolutely. So leadership development cannot be ministry placement. Now, I have made this mistake personally um, that you you assume because someone is very good at doing a particular task within a team that they will also have the skills and ability to lead a team and for those skills to trickle down magically because they're inherently good at it. So someone is very, very good at leading a growth group and therefore they'll be very, very good at leading leaders who lead growth groups in order to help them lead growth groups well. Now, that is not true, but my mistake has been that I just take people and I drop them in those positions, assuming that things will magically happen in there, assuming because they're capital at one level, they'll be capital at another, and that's unfair on them. That is unfair on them, and it has a huge impact and ripple-out effect for everyone else around them as well, uh, because there are different skills in leading teams and leading leaders than there are in doing particular roles within church, and we need to acknowledge that, not place people, but develop them into those roles. So what's the other false start that churches make, Tom? Yep, so that third one is really about climbing the ladder. That's the mistake that churches make where you uh, you assume that the idea is to take someone from being a team member, which you might crassly call the bottom of the ladder, and move them up to being a team leader or an area leader or a ministry department leader and maybe even one day a senior leader, and you treat it as if the aim of the game is to get them as high on that ladder as possible when really we know that um, greatness is found in service, humble service. Uh, and so really we're trying to help people to serve at the level that, or at the layer that God has set them up to serve at in church life. That's really helpful. So Tom, I don't want this to sound like an infomercial, but you know, I feel like people are going to be listening in going, so what's the answer? You know, what's the way forward? How are you going to get me out of these false starts? How are you going to actually help me with this? Uh, you know, this problem. Um, so for our listeners out there, w- what's the way forward? Yep. So the way forward, yeah, in one sense, the answer is just get a plan and stick to it. Uh, but in terms of one plan that we think works really well, uh, we think that ministry grid can be used particularly helpful. And we're talking particularly here about the leadership pipeline courses in ministry grid. So I'm going to come to Susie in just a second, but uh, let me at least introduce the idea of the 70 20 10 framework. So the 70-20-10 framework uh, says that roughly, and you know, it changes depending on which adult we're talking about, but roughly 70% of uh, all kind of adult learning takes place on the job. And so when we talk about uh, in leadership, we talk about when you're actually out there leading, that's 70% of your learning. 10% of it takes place through some kind of direct information transfer. And that's when ministry grid comes into play, particularly helpful. And um, 20% of it takes place in the context of some kind of feedback or some kind of coaching, uh, some kind of um, correction and discussion together. So, you know, if you think about a church context itself, you can think about 10% is that direct information transfer. And that's kind of like a sermon in a sense. Uh, 20% is more like a Bible study group where you're actually sitting around uh, wrestling with it together. That's where a lot of the deeper learning is going to happen. And so when you say, you know, what's one system that could actually work, we're helping people to kind of use this 70-20-10 framework with Ministry Grid. What Ministry Grid does is it helps you to save a lot of time and effort on the 10%. You know, the average Australian church is um, 100 or less in size. And so it doesn't make sense 
for the pastor of that church to be sitting down and coming up with a brand new treatise, a brand new monologue on what uh, leadership is all about. Uh, We reckon that you can actually just steal from some of the best and use the ministry grid stuff for your 10% direct information transfer. And then your job is really to help the person to get appointed to that 70% job. And then as well to find contexts for that 20% discussion. So, you know, you get all your team leaders together and now instead of them listening to you, they're talking to each other because they've already got some stimulus material and that's the ministry grid content. So if we come right back to that example of Susie, then uh, instead of just abandoning her, what we can do when we appoint Susie is we can assign her some team leader training and we can make sure there's some kind of a discussion uh, place for her to actually process that together. So whether that's a team night with the other team leaders or if you know in a smaller church, then it could just be some time with you as the pastor. The reality is when you move, like if you're serving in any team, it doesn't matter what it is, um, moving up to leading a team, there are going to be things that are going to be common to any leadership of any team. We're just talking about managing people. When you lead a team, there's going to be conflict. And so what these courses do, for example, one of the things that, that um, it will push into for any leader in order to help them uh, move between being in a team and leading a team is helping them think through how they manage conflict within that team or how it is they run a team meeting. Now, those things might have small contextual changes depending on the team, but the course itself wants to present the things that are common, but these courses help upskill and move people from being in a team to leading a team with the common attributes of that leadership itself. Uh, So that's how the courses are designed, allowing space on the sides to help people Uh, that 30% specific training for the job they're doing, um, but helping them uh, grow that 70% for the things which are going to be common across all of them. And Derek, if I could just jump in there and clarify. Uh, So we've got the 70-20-10 rule, and then we've got a different thing, which is the 70-30 principle. So it's taken from the leadership code, the idea that 70% of leadership in one area is transferable to another, but roughly 30% of what makes you a good kids team leader or a good music team leader is going to be uh, specific to that area. So 70-20-10 is one thing, 70-30 is another thing. So it's really helpful. Um, you know, I think helpfully uh, we've talked about the need to have, have a plan. You know, most ch- churches aren't intentional about this. So have a plan. Don't make those false starts. And then Ministry Grid really as a, as a tool that sits alongside that plan is hopefully going to do a lot of heavy lifting. You don't need to create the courses. You don't need to come up with the training. Um, there are videos. Uh, there are curriculums and processes for each of the uh, leadership uh, layers that we've talked about, team member, team leader, ministry department leader, and, and uh, there's a number of courses for the senior leader as well. Um, helpfully as well, the content uh, that's used in it is based on that adult learning principle or framework of 70, 20, 10, so, which, which just says approximately 70% of the learning that we actually do is on the job. Uh, 20% happens through discussing and reflection with peers, and then 10% is just that direct informa- information transfer transfer so to recognize that ministry gives a tool that actually is going to sit alongside you actually coaching leaders giving feedback that's where most of the development is going to take place but it's going to sit in the context of a larger framework 
where you do have uh, training nights, where you are thinking about you know driving convictions across the whole of church life, where you are being you know thoughtful about onboarding people. Um, you're working out as a, as a team who you know who needs to jump in this ministry and, and and having those resource allocation questions as well. But the helpfulness of ministry grid is that uh, you've got some of that key knowledge uh, transverse and that key training being done uh, for you. So Tom, I just want to ask you, what's the one thing you want to say about training in church? Yeah, my one thing would just be we all want to have more leaders in our churches. And to get there, what we need is a clear plan that we actually stick to. So briefly, just let me jump into the toolbox. Uh, I've got a great video on flipping the classroom from Daniel Im from Lifeway Leadership. Uh, we'll put a, a link in the show notes to an ebook called Build More Leaders. And then uh, a link finally to uh, our Ministry Grid Australian website. Uh, there's a three-month uh, trial, three-month free trial offer there. And uh, Tom from our team as well is happy and ready to uh, onboard you into that uh, as well. And be on the lookout for a, a Building Leaders event when hopefully we can actually gather for face-to-face events uh, in, in a little while. So I just want to give a shout-out to the new Church Planning Australia podcast. We'd love you to check it out. Or importantly, send it to someone you know who might be a potential planter. One of the ways of sort of thinking and, and growing in your sort of desire to plant a church is actually to listen to the experiences of others. And in fact, it's probably one of the best ways to get prepared, either be a part of a church plant or grab and listen to as many stories on, on church planting that you can. So go to your podcasting app and type in Church Planting Australia. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Henner. Chat soon. Chat soon.